welcome to my podcast channel. I am Mark Hosak and I would like to show you how you can make your spiritual ability sparkle in perception and application in order to awaken your innermost talents and live your desires. Yes, then let us start with eye reiki. Eye reiki has to do something with the eyes. This is quite um, obvious as you can see it and we have different types of, of eyes in our body and we have different types of seeing. This might be um, important and interesting. So different type of eyes is maybe you think yes of course we have those two eyes. So these are two eyes and so they are different but this is not the real point. I mean yes of course we have those two eyes but then we have other eyes as well. And one very famous one is the third eye, which is located in this area here between the eyebrows. And this is um, known as the third eye or the sixth chakra. And actually it consists, um, it is one third eye, but it consists three, three chakras. And um, everybody believes that those three chakras is one and they say it's a sixth chakra and this is right but you can differentiate it into several ones for example the intuition chakra and the will chakra and the intuition chakra is located more here and the will chakra is located more here so when have you, when you have the intuition to um, to do something or to go somewhere or to think something then it is good if you have the will to decide for it. Just to have the intuition is not enough to do what is needed to do. And this is why they are so close together and they belong to the same, to the same area. And um, then behind our eyes, um, the, behind the material eyes, the physical eyes, there are two more inner eyes just behind it. And With those you can look inside of your body and uh, in combination with the third eye and you can go in your body and have a look around and what you might see there can be the natural anatomy but it is also possible that you see uh, something else that has to do with our energetical bodies. For example with other chakras, with the aura, with inner organs that you don't have in Western medicine and so on. And um, this is one important thing to know what is going on in you. Yeah? So these are those inner eyes. And then we have a lot of outer eyes. Yeah? And um, maybe you know that I have been, uh, that I have been staying for about three years in Japan practicing with a uh, Uh, ninjutsu martial art grandmaster and he told me first of all you have eyes in your hands and then you train that you have on every part of your body eyes as well yeah? that it is possible to see from everywhere and the, the way of seeing is not the same like with the physical eyes so this means you can Feel something with the palms of the hands, for example, or with any part of the body by uh, touching something or feeling in the aura 
and uh, this stuff. Yeah? And um, there are many possibilities to train it. But um, here in the Western world, when, uh, when we grow up, we learn that um, the body is finished with the skin. And this means whatever we feel is on, the, is on or in the body. It's touching at us, yeah? Or even maybe a little above, if we have some hair here, then we can feel it as well. And um, if you imagine that the body is bigger because you have an aura, and the aura is um, some kind of um, subliminal energy field, but uh, it's part of the body, then it is possible to train with the time that you don't only feel here something, that you also feel here, feel here something. And the beginning of this is, um, so for example, if somebody is doing something here in your aura, that you feel it on your skin, because you have learned that it's not possible to feel something outside. And then by the time you recognize that um, it is possible to feel something outside. And there are some people who have, uh, for example, lost her arm or legs and they, uh, for example, here's, uh, imagine here's no arm, but they are scratching themselves because something is tickling here. And uh, even though it's not there, this means even though it is not there, you have, an, you have the same organ or the same part of the body as an energy shape, an energetical body as well. And um, this means when we do Reiki, for example, we do, rem uh, do a remote contact with distant Reiki to a person. Uh, actually, we don't reach the physical body, we always reach the astral body or the energetical body. And this is, um, this is very interesting because when we do something with Reiki in this part of the body, then it will have an effect to the physical body. Yeah? And, um, this is, uh, and if we do something to the physical body, it will have an effect to the energetical body. And um, this is quite uh, important because we can do Reiki on some parts of the body uh, where it is better to give Reiki to the physical body and then a Reiki is very effective. And on the other hand, it is possible to give Reiki um, uh, in the aura or in the energetical body with a remote contact and then it is more effective to do something there. And uh, for my experience, for example, if I do something, if I have a um, stiff muscle, then for example, in the shoulder or so, then it's best to do hands-on healing and touch the body. Yeah? Uh, this, and if you have something with the joints, for example, then the best is uh, to do an application just above the joint without touching the body. Yeah? And if you um, do something for the, for, the, for the brain, for your, uh, for your mind, uh, thinking in the mind, but um, not the brain as a material part, then it is very good to do a remote contact. Yeah? So there are different 
planes. And for each plane, we have um, something like bodies, and for each plane, we have something like eyes. Yeah? And so it is possible also when we open our inner eyes or we open our third eye that we can see uh, more than we usually can see with the physical eyes. And there, between the physical eyes and the, the energetical eyes, um, there's also uh, some part of connection. And this is in our brain. This means here in the back of our head, we have the, the seeing part, yeah? um, the uh, vision part, and uh, everything what has to do with visualization and vision is here in the back. And there um, we have one, one big part is what we remember. So everything what we remember, we can almost see like a picture. Sometimes very clear, sometimes not so clear. Sometimes it's, it's, um, it's like it's just black or something. Yeah? And then inside there, there's a smaller part, and this smaller part is what uh, we have, uh, is about the recognition, what we can see at the moment. And whenever we see something, we compare it to something we already know. And um, this means, this is the reason why the remember part is bigger than the, than the recognition part. And um, maybe you know this, this um, you walk on a street or in the nature and very far away you see something and maybe you are very sure that this is a tree and when you come closer it's not a tree it's something else or you see a Fata Morgana so you see uh, far away on the street it looks wet but when you come close it's not wet and this has to do of course with the light and the reflection but um, it's something, uh, it's not only the light and the reflection because it's working with your brain. And then you think because of the reflection that it is water and uh, because it's the same, same uh, reflection like if there would be water, but there is no water. And this is why you see it like water. Yeah? And when you come close, then you see it's something else. And this, is, this happens because you always... Um, remember something and you compare it. And there's one very famous, for me very famous example. For example, uh, you all know the Reiki symbols and when you, um, uh, when you learn the Reiki symbols, it might be possible that you have seen something similar before. For example, in Germany, there is... Um, um, we have some uh, anime figure, uh, this is called Otifant, and this is, um, it's uh, like a funny elephant, and this looks a little similar to the mental healing symbol. And it happened in a calligraphy seminar that Reiki masters were writing the Reiki symbols with, a, with ink and brush, and um, one Reiki master was not writing, uh, she wanted to write the mental healing symbol, but she was writing those small elephants. And uh, then I said, don't write those elephants, please write those uh, symbols. And then she said, 
uh, of course I want to write the symbols but for some reason from this brush and ink comes only the elephant and what is happening there yeah you're smiling now and it's really funny what is happening there when they see the symbol of course they know this is a symbol then they believe that what they have in their mind is the real symbol but because of the um, what they remember so the elephant elephant she is remembering is so strong it goes over it's painting over the symbol and this means I think it's very important to write the symbols over and over again um, to be sure that you have um, the right symbol in, if in your mind to use it uh, in, the, in the Reiki applications because um, um, now I know for example if this person who is writing elephants and, uh, instead of the Reiki symbols she will not use the Reiki symbols in the application she will also use the elephant uh, but um, uh, she doesn't know and when you write it down then you know it yeah? and so this is what, what you, you remember so it is important uh, always uh, so oh, it's, a, it's a great ability um, if you say if I learn something then I forget everything what I learned before and um, I'm just empty and open for the new for the new message or for this what I'm learning now but it's uh, normal to compare everything what you have and there we have also um, there is a um, um, there's a small a little story from Japan some people say it's from Japan others from China some say it has to do with Zen meditation others say it has with making flowers or tea ceremony or martial arts or Buddhist lecture but it is always the same story and this I would like to tell you and then you know that this is, um, has to do with something with the eyes and what we do here so once there was a um, person who wanted to be a student of a great master and um, then for example for martial arts and then this person went to this master and said I like to be your student and then the master said oh what a nice idea we should talk about this uh, come I invite you to a cup of tea and then the master was making tea for the new student and um, then uh, while the master was making the tea and uh, the student started to talk about what he knows about martial arts and then he was talking a lot I know this and I practiced here and I practiced there and I had to fight and I was doing this and this and this and this and this and I really know a lot and um, then the master was um, bring in the tea into the cup and um, then the cup was full but he didn't stop so the, the tea came on the table and from the table on the floor and then suddenly the new student said master the cup is full you cannot put in more and then the master said to the student yes it's the same with you how shall I teach you anything if 
uh, you are already full of everything. <laughs> and then, then uh, there you see, so um, he did, he, he, the master used this picture with the tea to show the uh, student something what he cannot see. Yeah? And um, this is, um, so, um, so it is important for uh, learning or for seeing that you can, um, for example, you close your eyes for everything, what you remember to see what is really there. Yeah? And um, um, so, for example, maybe uh, we have some phrase in Germany that um, uh, depending what, of what a person is wearing, uh, you know this person. Yeah? And for example, uh, maybe you have an, a different image if you see this, what I'm wearing here, in comparison to what, where is it now, what I was just wearing before. Yeah? Maybe you think it doesn't fit together. But uh, for example, this one, this here, we have a Buddhist, um, Buddhist deity, yeah, Buddhist spirit. It's Aizemyo. It's a, it's a, it's a furious wisdom king of love. Yeah, and um, so I was wearing this before, and if you see me walking around with this clothes, you might think, oh, this guy might be one of those. Yeah, but if I take it away and I look like this. It looks different, so you have a different imagination between this yeah, and the other one. Yeah? And um, so, um, uh, so this is all also where you compare, so you might not be able to see the real person behind the, the clothes, which is something like a skin. Yeah? And a different skin makes a um, different image of of a, of a person. Yeah? And um, so what is quite important to learn to see the things what they are like and not to see the things what you think what they are like. Yeah? And this is also very important for the ability of seeing with a third eye. Because when you see something with your third eye, you, what you see there will be, uh, you will see it here. Yeah, actually, what you see with your physical eyes, what is in front of you, you will see it here. You don't see it here, you see it here in the back of your head. And everything what you imagine and what you remember, you will also see here. So if I tell you, see this hand and don't look at the pink elephant on my hand here, then you might have the imagination of a pink elephant, especially because I told you not to uh, see it there. And if I say don't do it, then you will do it. If you see, if I ask you, can you see it? You might say no. <laughs> but if I say don't look at it, then you will, what do you mean? And then you have a picture of this in your mind and this is here. And this means um, whatever you see outside, inside, or with your energetical eyes or whatever, it will be here. And this is good to differentiate. And then we have something like uh, a black point or a black hole. And this is always when you have a trauma. And today we know that um, you can say that what you see here is like on a big screen. And if there is a trauma in your, in your life, 
then one part of the so so the screen is is your whole life, but not in a not in a timeline, but it's like on a screen. Yes, and if you have a trauma, there might be one point or one dot or some of them which are black because you are uh, it's so traumatic. It's so. Uh, you might be very angry or sad or about something or anxious or afraid, scared and so on, that you are, uh, that if you would see this, uh, if you would remember this, then uh, you would be scared again or sad again. And this is why the brain makes a black dot on this place. Yeah? And um, then you cannot remember. And sometimes it is good, but sometimes it is not so good to remember because if you don't remember things for a long time, then it is possible that it will have an effect on your physical body. And this means um, uh, if you have something on your physical body that pops up suddenly, um, then it is uh, possible that there is uh, a long story before. Yeah? And uh, this means some happening here and here and here and here and here and here. And you might suppress them all or some of them you suppress or you don't work on it. And then suddenly it gets becomes, you will have a manifestation on your body. One very easy thing is also it has to do with your eyes. Your shoulders have to do with the eyes. Did you know this? You know that the shoulders has something to do with the eyes? Do you know that your stomach and your digestive system has to do something with the eyes? Yeah, you know? Okay, this is known. Yeah? This is also, if you know traditional Chinese medicine, it's an easy one because um, the, um, the stomach meridian starts here and the bladder meridian starts here and the gallbladder meridian starts here. So it has to do something with the digestive system. But um, even more. So if you see something, it's like um, um, you have uh, whatever you see, you have digested, to digest it. So you see it and you analyze it, like your stomach is analyzing what kind of food you give. And if there is, um, if the food is not good or it's too much, you will have a pain here. But if that what you are seeing is too much, then you also have a pain here because it's just too much. It's not possible to digest it. Yeah? And then uh, you might feel sick or you might have a pain or something. And if here, what is here, and you are, this is around the third chakra that has to do with analysis and where you say no if you really don't need it. But if it's too much, yeah, if you're exhausted here for something what you see or experience outside, then you will get a stiff shoulder, especially when it has to do something um, with responsibility or that you have the feeling, oh, I have to carry a big weight on my shoulders or something. Yeah? And that, so this means what you see is um, uh, if it's too much, then it goes from the stomach to the shoulder. And there we have one, um, one, one example that something 
uh, goes from the experience to the physical body. And there is a lot, there are a lot of things. You know, for example, one thing, um, I am, I'm, uh, my body is very flexible because I train um, every day. I do my martial arts, I do Qigong, I do yoga and uh, dancing and whatever. So I'm, I'm quite, um, I'm quite relaxed. Yeah? And it's not so easy to, um, um, that I get injured. But a few months ago, I was, um, uh, I was doing some stretching and suddenly um, this vitabra here came out by itself and it was very painful. And then I, uh, like this, I pressed it in myself <laughs> back into it. Yeah? And then I was wondering why this could happen because this was kind, one kind of stretching I'm doing for many years. And um, there was no reason uh, to get this injury. And the, the, the reason is uh, very simple. Uh, last year, when this uh, corona lockdown started, I started to give online seminars. And um, this is why we can join each other here today. Because before I was giving um, only live seminars without, um, without the internet. And I was doing this in Germany and I was already giving a lot of seminars in Bulgaria uh, in Reiki, Reiki classes. Maybe you have heard about this. That uh, Before the lockdown, I was every year in Bulgaria for about five years and giving Reiki classes once a year in, in, in uh, October. Yeah. And um, now this is not possible anymore. And then I started to give online classes and, um, and, and then I got, um, um, I got a shitstorm from the German Reiki community and all the Reiki associations. They said they don't want to allow me to give online classes in Reiki because Reiki must be uh, taught uh, in live seminars where the um, teacher is in one physical room with the students. And um, they did not care that uh, I would be not able to do my work anymore and to help others uh, with Reiki if I don't go online. And then they have thrown me out of the associations and doing a lot of strange things here in Germany. And um, if you look, um, this part of the vitabra that came out of my body, um, out of the spine, if you look this up and if you look at the uh, psychosomatic uh, connection, then you see uh, that this can only happen um, without an accident or something if somebody tries to, to stop you walking your path. Yeah? And this means there is a connection between this, what happened to me, and between that, what happened to my body. Yeah? And this means um, I, it is, if something like this happens, it is important to look at the body, to think about 
uh, where is the connection to the daily life and then think, uh, okay, in this case here, um, um, yeah, what can I do that they will not be able to stop me walking my path, yeah, for example. I'm really free of their thinking, I'm really free of their, what they are doing, and so I'm do, uh, I am really free. So you can say, yes, he is, because he is giving online seminars. Yeah? But maybe there's something in my mind, some sadness or some anger or whatever, and if this is there, it is possible that we have an effect on the physical body. Yeah? And this has to be seen. Yeah? So I have to look at it. Yeah? So you see this has to do something with the eyes. And this means um, it's, it's, uh, if we have a symptom on the body, it might be an eye-opener. But on the other hand, if you have an experience in your life, um, or if you experience something over and over again, then this could be also an eye-opener, because then if somebody tells me something from his life, I can imagine what problem this person has in her body. <laughs> and then I ask them, is it possible that you have uh, a problem with your kidneys? Yeah? And this also has to do something with aura seeing. So a few years ago, an uh, old man came to me and Want, uh, wanted to get an aura reading. So we did the aura reading and I could see um, in the aura of the kidneys and the second chakra that there is a problem, a big, big problem. And I asked him whether he has uh, problems with his kidneys. And then he said, no, I don't have, a, uh, I, no, I asked him, do you have a problem with your left kidney? Yeah, and then he said, no, I have no problem with my left kidney. And I, but I was really seeing this there. And um, then we were talking about it and he became a bit upset because he insisted that he has no problem with his left kidney. And then I thought, okay, the kidneys have to do something with partnership. And the left side stands for women and the right side for men. And then I asked him whether he has a problem with his wife. And then he became very angry and then he shouted or cried around in the room and said, I have no problem with my left kidney and I have no problem with my wife because when I left my wife, I had an operation and they have taken out my left kidney. Yeah. <laughs> so this means he had a problem with the kidney yeah, and he had a problem with his wife. And the problem with the kidney came from the problem with the wife. Yeah, and uh, finally, uh, it, it would have been healthy um, to uh, get rid of this marriage long time before he got rid of the kidney. But he waited too long, or both of them waited too long, and this is why they lost both. Yeah, and uh, this was a problem. And this means this is what I told you. So if you are missing one part of your body, the energetical part is still there and you can see the problem still in the aura. And this means if you take it away, you take the wife away and you take the kidney away, but the problem is still there. And then it is possible that it goes to the next part of the body. This is the same with cancer. Yeah? So you take it out and suddenly it appears somewhere else. 
and uh, this is possible. Yeah? And so it is very important to work on the topics in life um, to uh, get rid of it. And then you might say, yeah, but there might be some traumatic um, happenings that um, uh, what I cannot get rid of. And this is true. And uh, this is um, sad and true. But uh, it is possible to um, think about it differently that it will not harm your body anymore. And if you manage it to think about it differently, to, so this means to see it with different eyes, then it will be possible to um, it will be possible um, to make a change in your mind and in your spiritual heart and in your emotions, and this will make uh, the disease you have disappear. And there, I would like to tell you one more story in my life when I did um, many years ago after school instead of going to the German military I went um, I did a social year social service social welfare service and um, that I had to do with a lot of old people and um, when I started there was an old woman with cancer and she had this cancer for a long time and um, had a lot of operations and she had operations over and over again. And then um, at the, the last operation she got, um, the, um, the medical doctor said, yes, it's, 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 it's worthless, it's useless to do this operation. So he stopped the operation and after she wake up, he told her, so um, I guess... Um, I guess um, it's, uh, we cannot do more any more operations. Yeah, this is hopeless. Um, maybe you have three more months to live, so do whatever you wanted to do in your life. Yeah? Live your life as you like it. Yeah? And um, then she said, yes, okay. And she was doing all those things she did not do her whole life. Yeah. and she was going on a trip and doing this and that with her husband and um, she was waiting to the end but the end never came because from day to day she felt better and after three months she thought she would die but she didn't then there was a fourth month and a fifth month and a sixth month and she felt great no more pain, no more nothing no more medicine, nothing important. And then one day uh, she met by chance the, the doctor, the medical doctor in a supermarket. And the medical doctor uh, did not believe his own eyes because he th thought that this woman would be dead. Yeah? He was so very sure. And this means that a medical, there you can understand that the medical doctor is not God. He cannot say whether you will live or not. Yeah? It's not important, not impossible. Yeah? No, it's not possible. Yeah? And then he was very happy to see her and that she was looking so great and everything. And then he said, uh, Come to my clinic and we make a check yeah? what's going on in your body. 
and then they were not able to find anything of this cancer that has been there before. The only thing what they were seeing on the body were all those small cuts from all those <laughs> operations, all those, yeah, everything. And um, But uh, it looked like that she had never having cancer before. Yeah? And they they said this is a miracle. It's not possible because we have all the pictures with with what we have seen and now it's really gone. And it's looking everything inside is looking like it has never been there. And now comes the this was the first half of the story and now it comes the second half of the story, but this is a little shorter, but the t time is the same. So then the woman recognized, okay, I'm, I'm healed. Yeah? This is fantastic. This means if I'm healed, I can do all the things I have done before um, I was doing all the things I wanted to do. So she jumped back into the life before she was healed. And then from one day to the next day and to the next and next and next, uh, she felt sick and she became ill and she went to the medical doctor again. The cancer was back there again. And after six months after she met the doctor in the, in, in the, in the supermarket, this means after 12 months when the doctor told her uh, that she shall do whatever she wanted to do, she died on cancer. And this, this occasion when I did the social welfare service changed my life. And this might be the reason, one of the reasons why I am here sitting with you together here today. Um, this was at a time where I did not know Reiki. During the social welfare service, I um, came in contact with Reiki with an old woman yeah? um, and she was paralyzed on half side of her body but, but she was always happy and she um, um, and um, yeah and there were a lot of miracles and so I came to Reiki but um, at this time I didn't know and but then I knew okay um, a disease in the body might have to do something with the style of your life. Yeah, this was a, a great impact on my mind. Yeah, and um, then I was asking my my um, my boss in the social welfare service, uh, uh, and I asked her, "Is every are all?" all people ending like this, what I see here in the social welfare. And she said, yes, everybody. And there is no exception. And I did not want to believe this. And today I know that this is not true, but what she said, but she saw all those strange, uh, no, not strange, all those ill people. And um, so it depends what you do in your life and what you do out of your life and how you think about a thing. So, um, Uh, this means last year, year when I had this problem with all those Reiki associations in Germany, um, it had an impact on my mind. Of course, I did not stop the online seminars, but it had an impact. And I didn't purify the impact. And this had then 
um, half year later or a year later, this means in spring this year, the impact on my body. This means whenever you have something in your life, it is um, uh, not only the way the past to just to fight through it, yeah, uh, it's also good to look inside yourself what is going on and how do you feel with it yeah? and are you really free with it or is there still anger, sadness, scariness or whatever. Yeah? This is, is very important. And now you can see why the eyes have a connection to many parts of the body. Yeah? You have to look very carefully and um, a funny thing is that um, it was not me myself who recognized the co uh, connection between what happened last year and um, here my vitebra. It was one of my students and one of my students, this is somewhere here, just a second, no, not, not now, uh, have shown, uh, shown me the, my book I have written myself in 2016. And there in the end of the book, you have a glossary of all the um, psychosomatic metaphysic symptoms you can ever have. And then she said, look at, in your own book, there it's written what the source is of your problem. And then I was reading it myself, and, Ooh. <laughs> and but I forgot about it because if you are involved in yourself, it's very hard to uh, look at the source of it. Yeah? So it's important. Sometimes it's important that somebody else is uh, that you look on yourself like it, what it would be if you look from outside and when you're not involved. Yeah? And this means it's very hard to, um, uh, to empty your teacup of your own. Yeah? If you go somewhere for studying, it's, um, it's, um, it's more easy, but sometimes it's also um, um, difficult. Yeah? And, um, uh, but if you look on your own, it's even more difficult. And this is one reason why it's good uh, to have some kind of supervision, even if you're a Reiki master or a master in, in anything. Yeah? And um, uh, so, for example, um, uh, I give supervision not only to Reiki masters and Reiki practitioners, but also to medical doctors and uh, psychologists. Why is it so? Because above them, there is nobody uh, who can, um, in this ladder yeah, of, of uh, Western medicine, there's nobody who could do the supervision. But there are, of course, there are uh, people who can do the supervision, but they also studied medicine. So this means it's, um, it's, uh, they are all swimming in one cup of tea yeah? and they see it with the same eyes. And this is why those people come to me who is doing uh, healing. This is what they also do, but uh, it's a different kind, completely different kind of healing and I have a different point of view. And this is why they come to me and then I can uh, make an eye-opening with them that they can look on their problems from a different point of view and then they are able to help themselves again. 
Yeah? And this is, uh, this, there you see, it has to do with the eyes. And this is why I said in the beginning that you have the outer eyes, the inner eyes, and there's outer seeing and an inner seeing. And maybe you are asking yourself now, how uh, do I do it or how, uh, yeah, how do I do it with the aura reading or aura seeing? Yeah? And um, this is an easy thing but it is a difficult thing, it's both. Yeah? The easy thing is that the technique to do it is very simple. I can explain to you in a few minutes. The problem what we have there is most people are not willing to empty their cup of tea and um, this means it will be very hard for them to train because they don't believe <laughs> that it's so easy. Yeah? And um, so if you read uh, some books and stories of some Tibetan gurus or Indian gurus or wherever, then you always have those stories. For example, they go in the temple and then they had some operation that they opened the third eye or that they did some spiritual technique to open the third eye and then woof, everything was opened. Yeah? And um, nowadays or in the recent decades, we had a trend of Uh, uh, esoteric teachers who say in my seminar I teach you how to open your third eye and everybody is running there yeah? and um, uh, how many people had uh, open third eyes after the seminars almost nobody but some of them believed and then after a while they recognized that actually nothing changed some of them had um, destroyed their eyes with those practices. For example, one famous practice comes from a book and uh, it's called The Prophecy of Celestine. Maybe you know this. And um, there one topic is aura seeing or aura viewing and reading. And they say, if you look in the sky and you hold your fingers like this, and um, you look in the sky with the fingers like this, then uh, it will, after a while you will see the aura around the fingers and like the two auras are touching each other. And when you train this with persons then you will see the aura here. Yeah? And um, yeah, that's very interesting. But um, is this really the aura? Maybe, yes, maybe not. What is happening there is a very simple thing. You can later look it also up in your manual. Um, so when you look with your eyes outside, then you have something like sticks in your eyes. Yeah? And those sticks, they mix some liquids. It has to do with light and the liquids. And then they give this information, what comes into your eye from those sticks, they give to the brain here. To the seeing part of your um, um, uh, of your brain, yeah? and uh, then um, if you uh, if you do this aura reading technique, what everybody is teaching, that you watch it without uh, blinking, without closing your eyes. Yeah? So watch it without closing your eyes. Concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. And what happens then? Your eyes will get tired and because the eyes become tired 
um, you will see something like a fog around it because the sharpness and the contrast is vanishing to the, to the background. And it depends on the background what kind of color you see around here. And this means this is an effect you have with your physical eyes when they get tired. And if you do it too long, then um, your eyes will not be so strong anymore because they get so tired that you cannot um, see well again. Yeah? Um, so this is maybe now you think, hmm, did I do this? And this is the reason why I wear glasses, would be a possibility. Um, I did this training, but I didn't do it so long that it uh, that I became harmed or so. Um, no, what I did, I didn't need glasses uh, since I was born. And then when I was 19, I had a problem with pimples in my face and I went to the doctor and hey, he gave me some medicine. And I have taken this medicine for um, two days and in these two days I um, lost the half of the ability of seeing. And then I stopped this and told this to the doctor and he said, yeah, then just don't take it. Yeah. And before I had the problem with pimples, I saw and later I didn't have the problem with pimples because I was not able to see them anymore. But this is another problem. And later, a few years later, I had have read an article where this um, medicine uh, uh, was about and it was said uh, that um, people who had pimples and took this medicine and finished the medicine, the whole package, became blind. And I did not become blind because I stopped after two days instead after two weeks. Yeah, can you imagine this? And uh, this is why I have, uh, have glasses. Before I had uh, my right eye uh, had a seeing ability of 140%. So I was able to see something with my right eye. You cannot imagine that you can see it. Yeah? And um, then it, it decreased. Yeah? And this is why I have those glasses of this medicine. Yeah? And um, so it has nothing to do with aura seeing. And what everybody, almost everybody is skipping in this guru books about the third eye opening is a very easy thing. When you read these books, you know they go to the temple and they do a lot of meditations. Yeah? For example, I know one book I got from my first Reiki master in 1993. She gave me this book and um, it's, I don't know the title, but the, the Tibetan monk in there, his name is Rampa Lobsang. And he uh, went to a monastery to become a monk and to become a uh, when he and he was four years uh, old and um, not so old, so he was sent there by his parents because um, the astrology told him to uh, go there that he will that he will become a monk. And then there were uh, other childs uh, in front of the temple, and they had to sit there in front of the temple without moving until the monk will let them in, and they had to sit in the complete lotus posture. Yeah? And this is very 
hard for the legs because well, they will sleep and everything and it will be painful, but they were not allowed to move. And um, uh, one of them uh, wanted to relax his legs while sitting there and then he was dispelled from the, from the temple area. And um, so the two others who were there were um, um, had this pain but they did not move and this was the reason why they were allowed to come into the temple. So, and they had to sit there for about, I don't know, one day or two days or something, maybe 48 hours, so a really long time, not one hour or four hours, yeah, but a really, really long time without anything. And then, of course, they did meditation practice, a lot of meditation practice. And one day, um, the monks, um, the master monks who were there saw, okay, this person might be good for the eye-opening ceremony. And then they have the eye-opening ceremony and there in this it was some kind of the operation that they put a needle inside here and uh, take out a part of the bone that he was able to see. Yeah? And uh, if this is a true story or not, I don't know. In this story it is said later he was uh, the eye of the Dalai Lama. Yeah? But anyway. And, and so what everybody who is interested in esoterism um, and spirituality, uh, what they forget is uh, what happened before the eye-opening ceremony. And this is meditation. So if you do meditation with relaxation, that you relax your body and that you are able to relax your body, it is much more easy to open your third eye. And this needs to be trained. And there is also one practice to close your third eye. And uh, people um, in Germany, I guess, maybe not in your country, I don't know, but people in Germany are really masters, great masters of closing their third eye. How do they do this? Shall I show you? What is the best technique to close your third eye? For this I come a little close to the camera, or maybe I close this up. Yeah, doing this. Do you see here? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, did you see this? There's um, twinkles here. Yeah. If you do this, you bring your eyebrows together and then you, you close your third eye. And um, so it is important to relax the whole body and to relax the face and bring the eyebrows, open them. And I've practiced this for quite a while and when I relax myself, I actually, I, I'm able to move it. I feel it that it's moving and then it's becoming broader and lighter here. So if, you, if, you're, if you're angry, yeah, very angry, have a lot of anger, then you, you close it. And if you, are, if you relax yourself in meditation, you are able to see. And this is also the way how um, acupuncture or traditional Chinese medicine with the meridians was invented. So a few thousand years ago in China, there were some people in the mountains doing their ascetic training of Taoism, a lot of meditations, and then they, they suddenly uh, saw their bodies invisible. Yeah? 
and uh, like glass or something and um, there were supposed the skin and inside of the body they saw the meridians and then where they were working with it but they were only able to see it in a meditative state yeah, of the mind and this means when you do meditation and relaxation and some special practices it's very easy to open the third eye so the first steps to do it is not concentrating on fingers like this because when you concentrate your eyes will become tired and you see the fog and then you do this here and it will close your third eye so this is an optical effect versus the real opening of the third eye so if you do those practices that you Uh, that you go in a good position of your body where the energy is able to flow, that you go with your focus on your spiritual heart and that you smile to all your parts of your body and then you, you relax everything and then you relax your face and around here, then this is the first step. And if you do this for quite a long time and you meditate, then it is easy to use those techniques or applications to open the third eye, then this is very easy. But if you leave this part of meditation and relaxation out, those practices, and this takes some time, yeah, and you start with the advanced technique just for opening the third eye, even if you know it, then you will not be able to do it. And I know a lot of people here in Germany who say that they can see the aura and they say, ooh, you have in your aura this and this and this and this and this. And um, then I ask them, okay, look in my aura. What uh, color has my first chakra? And then they, said red. they say red. And my second chakra. And they say orange. And the third one, yeah, this is, I see yellow. And they all see the same. But as far as I know, The chakras have no colors. This is an invention uh, about 60 years ago. It is an invention of a spiritual community somewhere in North England. And actually in the chakras you have um, something different. Yeah? They are looking like flowers. Yeah? And um, somehow and you have some symbols to meditate with and some... Uh, even though you have something like the mental healing symbol, because the mental healing symbol comes from a special sun type of Sanskrit, which is called Siddham, one of those you learn today. And um, those um, and um, those um, people in this community, spiritual community, thought this Indian stuff. Um, contents with the chakras and everything is too complicated to, uh, to train with. So we take it out and instead of this we just put colors on. Yeah? And they, of course they compared the function of the chakra with the function of a color. And this means, um, for example, the first chakra has to do with uh, dynamic energy, with fighting and running away or for example earning money and so on and this means all this energy they put the color red on yeah and then they said okay there's a there's a sacral chakra the second chakra and um, 
we take the color orange because um, the the holy monks yeah, the, um, wear this orange color in their robes. Yeah, so they put the color orange. It's like a fun color. Yeah, and then. Uh, for the third chakra that has to do with the solar plexus, it is the sun of the nerves, yeah, so, and it is also your ego, like you shine, they put the color yellow on it, yeah, and then they took here the color green because uh, you have trees all, almost in groups and grass in groups and everything, yeah, and this is so. Um, when a group of people or a group of three are harmonizing, then you have the color green. And here everything is in harmony and love, and so on. Yeah? And uh, this is how they put the colors on the chakras. And today, some uh, aura being people tell you that the chakras always have the same color. But what would happen, for example, um, if... Um, uh, you are very angry um, in your uh, in your fourth chakra, yeah, because somebody is attacking uh, a person you love. Yeah, then you uh, you might say, I don't want to fight anyway. But what happens if your family is attacked by somebody? Then you might fight if you love your family. And then, in this situation, the usually green color would change into a red color, because then you want to fight yeah, for everything what you love. Yeah? Or when, for example, when uh, you are communicating with somebody, yeah, then what happens then? When you are always listening, for example, now I am communicating to you and you are listening. So. Um, because you are li listening, all energy goes in. This means my color of the fifth chakra is a different because I'm communicating in your direction, but I'm not listening to you what you say because I give the speech at the moment. Yeah? And this means here's a different chakra, here's a different chakra color at the moment, like in uh, your chakra. Yeah? Same with this photography. I went on an esoteric fair and there was um, a video and aura photography. And I put my hand in, um, on a plate and this was connected to the computer and the computer to the camera. And then I was seeing myself in a webcam and all those colors around. And um, then the person here told me, yeah, these are the colors uh, in your aura. And then I said, why are those colors switching? Yeah, they switch the whole time, this is normal. And then I asked, why is my aura not violet? And he said, yeah, because there are other colors. And then I said, my aura is supposed to be violet. And he said, no, 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 it's, uh, the, the, the camera tells you the truth. And then I asked, why do the camera and the computer know my aura? And then he said, our company is working for more than 20 years together with people who are able to see the aura and they gave all the information to the uh, computing um, programming programmers and that they could tell the machines how to see the aura. 
and then he was uh, there was another person and talked to him and he turned around so I was alone with the camera and the computer and before he told me not to move and then I had the idea uh, oh and I saw my chakras here as well and then I had the idea to move like this and then my aura was here like this and the chakras were here and then I moved back so the camera was not able to uh, follow me and the chakra stayed here but if the camera is really the computer is really able to see my aura the chakras must move with it yeah and this is the reason why he told me not to move and then when he came back um, suddenly my aura was violet and then I said wow now it's violet and then he said oh yes now you opened yourself for this energy and then uh, then I said oh really and then it changed in other colors again and then he asked me do you want to buy a print of the a photo print or do you want to get a videotape uh, with your aura yeah and then I said oh I'm a poor student I don't have so much money so I take the print and then he said press spacebar whenever you like and then I why shall I press it just, just press it and I pressed it and then my picture with all those colors which were changing was freezing and then um, he printed just the frozen colors and there was a lot of yellow and a lot of green but before there was violet pink blue black white brown gray and everything and um, so I got a print of a moment of one just one second what is there and with the print came a text of my whole personality based on those two colors which were seen in those in, in at this moment so what would happen if I would have pressed the spacebar button just a second later or before then I would have a different personality or is it like this every body gets the same print just with different colors I don't know yeah and this is when I recognize that there is a lot of true and false stuff yeah which is good to good to um, 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 which is uh, good to know yeah and I'm teaching those things and I can tell you you can all learn aura seeing and uh, don't be afraid I don't see your aura at the moment because you did not allow me to look at it and um, I'm not interested at the moment I like you what I see from you now this is fantastic and it's not important for me to look in your inner energetical system um, but um, if you want me to do this then we can do an appointment and then we can do this and one thing uh, finally I would like to tell you here is that um, so I'm teaching those methods how to open it but the goal is not to open the third eye the goal is to do to a spiritual development and one of my students you will see later it's is Eileen and she is uh, studying here now for two years and maybe one or two weeks ago she was a little scared because she was doing her Qigong and meditation and Reiki practice and during this meditation she uh, where one part is the training of opening the third eye she uh, suddenly 
was able to see her face, even though she is in her body, and she didn't see um, the face, what is, is looking like normal, she saw the anatomy without the skin. And she was able to look inside everything on her, on her, on her left side. And then she, <laughs> and when she was surprised, it was gone. So this is the beginning of what I told you that you will be able to see the meridians. Yeah? And I was practicing with a teacher from China in uh, traditional Chinese medicine, Qigong and Tai Chi for seven years. And when he was teaching me how to find the points on the body, um, those acupuncture points, he said, for example, yeah, if you want to, um, if there's somebody un unconscious, yeah, then you have to press P6, it's pericard 6. And to find this, you um, go in here with your small finger and there where your thumb is now, there is pericard 6. Yeah? This is how you find it. So if you want to look for this, at um, another person's arm, then you take the other hand of this person, put it on her, his hand, and then you find the point. And, um, and then when there was a situation where he needed to use the points, he did not do this with arms, he just went there, and just with a and he hit the point, and we, had, we needed time to look for it, and all those things with the fingers and everything. Um, to know uh, to find the real point and not to hit beside it or something. But he was able just to point on it. Yeah? And um, he was also able to see uh, if we were able to hit the point or not. Because he was using this aura seeing. Yeah? And um, uh, this means first you start with a technique like this. Yeah? And that you walk around and then you know where it is. Yeah? And um, later, when you uh, gain this ability to see it, then you just point there, and then you you will hit it. Yeah, and this is a this is a differentiation between the beginner and the advanced people. Yeah, and um, when I look for points, I'm not a point master, but I know some points. The best thing I can do, uh, I just take the arm and press it, but Best is I don't look at it. So the physical eyes are not so important to find the point. So if I know with my physical eye, okay, there's a leg, then I, and I get into touch with the body, then I will find the point. But when I look for it, I also need time. <laughs> this is something, something very funny. Yeah? So this means also some people uh, has a, have a third eye and eye uh, ability of Visual, visualizing, yeah? so they might see the meridians. Some people have a very good feeling. Yeah? So, uh, for example, if some, there's some danger for me, I don't see the danger in colors around here in the room, I feel it in my own body. Yeah? And then I know from where the danger comes. Yeah? For example, if uh, you would be students or here would be one student who would not like me and uh, is against me or something or has some strange thoughts about me, then I would feel it in my body. Yeah? At the moment, I feel quite comfortable. This is why I don't feel anything like this in my body. But as soon 
there is something strange, yeah, then um, what I feel is I am in my body is something like a shivering. So when my uh, I have a natural shivering, maybe you can see it here. Yeah, it's not this is, is natural with me, and I uh, was in a clinic to um, analyze my brain, and has, it has nothing to do with with the brain. It has more to do maybe with emotions or with um, with um, uh, high sensibility. Yeah that I feel a lot around and then it has an if Im impact on my body and there are always some energies around. This is why it's not, not uh, why it's always a little shivering. But when it's going like, like this, then I know, okay, something is strange here. And it's not only in my hands, it's sometimes in my knees or here or here or here. And then I know what it is about. And this is also some kind of seeing the world around you. And one of my students uh, is able to see the aura with a nose. <laughs> and uh, she recognizes a lot of type of smells. And then she knows all those meanings of those smells. Other people do it with sounds. Yeah? They hear sound. Yeah? But the, the esoteric world, the Western esoteric world, they think you are very ooh, developed yeah, in your spirituality, if you can see everything, and this is why there are so many people who believe that they see everything, but not everybody is really seeing everything. There are some, but not everybody. And it's very easy to check whether one person is really able to see or not. And one, I told you, so tell me the colors of my chakras. Then if they see the colors of their chakras, and actually if you read the old Indian literature about the chakras, there will be no colors in the chakras. So uh, what is it like? Do they really see the chakra, the chakra color because there's a color and the color is only in the Western world, but in all the Asian and East Asian, South Asian countries, there are no colors. This, this would be, mean they would have different chakras. Yeah? And is the meaning, what we say, a meaning of a color uh, everywhere the same? So we wear black clothes, um, when uh, we go to a funeral, but in Japan they wear white clothes when they go to a funeral. Hmm. That's strange. So um, is the color really the color or is it just, just what we have learned and we have to empty our cup of tea to be able to see what there really is and is it really important to see, see the color? For me, I don't think it's important, but it's an easy thing. It's like this, doing this, I find the point. Yeah, And so we say, okay, the color has a meaning and we behave like there would be a color. And then if there would be a color, which color could it be to the state of mind of the person? And then, we, and then if I do it like this and see those colors for you, which are not there, I can tell you a lot about you. Because it's like a barcode when you uh, pay your food in a supermarket those stripes, yeah? it's the same. So behind the stripes is the price yeah? of the, what it, the costs. Yeah? And then, then, you, then you know. Okay, so far as an introduction yeah? about the eyes. And now, of course, you would like to know what we do it with it and what can we do with eye reiki here. And there we go into the, back to the manual. 
So now I gave you the introduction and we have a lot of, um, of applications. And one, for some reason, usually I need a glasses. Today, I don't need glasses to read this here. So I take off my glasses. <laughs> my eyes, I recognize this a uh, few hours before when I went to my computer. Usually I need the glasses and then everything through the glasses was not clear to this morning. And then I took it away and now it's clear. And here it's the same again. Now it's clear and so I, I don't need it. And this is one thing is good to know. It's not always the same. The amount of sleep, of spiritual practice, meditation, relaxation, the food you eat and everything makes your ability of the eyes, the skills of the eyes um, differ. Yeah. Okay, let's look what do we have here. So we have um, eye applications on the body and in the aura. This means we will use our palms, put the hands on or above the body and do some other things. We have eye Reiki mental healing, but we also have a mental healing for the eye areas and a harmonization of the eye chakras. Yeah? This is what we do in the face. And then we have Qigong Reiki eye cleansing. Yeah? So um, some people still believe that Qigong and Reiki is something different. <laughs> and this is true, but not true. Um, when Usui lived, the founder of Reiki, Mikao Usui, the term Qigong did not exist in Japan, even though not in China. The term Qigong is not so old. It, um, it was invented maybe 60 or 70 years ago when a traditional Chinese doctor of traditional Chinese medicine um, was teaching some exercises to um, feel well. And there he was teaching something what we are calling today Qigong. And this was at a time um, when after Mao Zedong, when China opened itself again and everything, uh, such practices were allowed. And before, uh, the families did those practices in secret for a long time because it was not allowed. So times change. We have those changes in China uh, several times. Yeah? And um, this has to do because um, some people do so much what we call today Qigong that they um, uh, uh, have uh, in a group, they have so much power that they uh, want to uh, destroy the government. Yeah? And um, this is uh, dangerous for the government. And this is why they say it's not allowed anymore. And this happens in history sometimes, yeah? in Chinese history. And this, this time it was opened again and everybody was able and allowed to do such practices openly. And they also had a uh, they opened a university for Qigong. And then they said, everybody shall show his abilities and everybody was showing his abilities. And then um, they recognized I have 5,000 types how to do it, <laughs> what we call Qigong today. And we, because they are all very similar, we uh, say, this is all Qigong. Yeah? 
And then we separate it into categories. So they have a Buddhist Qigong and a Confucianist Qigong, a Taoist Qigong, a medical Qigong and a martial art Qigong. <laughs> These are the great types. Yeah? And, and um, this means Qigong, the term Qigong is quite new. And when Usui lived, there was no Qigong term. And this is why uh, Usui might have um, named his healing method Reiki, yeah, because he's handling spiritual energies, but the applications he was doing are looking like Qigong. And a few years ago, I have bought in Japan, in Tokyo, a Japanese Qigong book. And when I was reading it, uh, there were summaries of the biographies of the most famous Qigong masters of the uh, early 20th century. And one of them is Usui. So he is one of the most famous Qigong masters in Japan. Yeah, until today well known as a Qigong master. But before they did not have the term Qigong. This means Reiki is a type of Qigong. But there are so many other types that look so different that, of course, it is possible that if you only know one type of Qigong, that you say Reiki is not Qigong. Yeah? And uh, so this, this is the reason. And this is why we can talk, why we can mix a Chinese term like Qigong with Reiki, because there are similarities. For example, one is that the energy is flowing through the body, and coming out of the hand. But there are also differences between the modern Qigong, because in Reiki we have the initiation, and then you are not able to lose energy if, you, if your initiation is right. Yeah? And in, in the, the Chinese Qigong, you also might have initiations, but they come very late and only for the people who are in the monasteries. Yeah, or for very advanced students yeah, or involved students. Yeah. And Usui opened this secret teaching with uh, initiations or attunements um, to, the, to everybody. And this is why we know it. Yeah. And so we have Qigong Reiki Eye Cleansing. And this means we have the possibility to use some Qigong techniques that cleans your eyes to be able to see better or to clean other things. And then we have, oh, I see some, I see a mistake in the, in the, in the manual. Here's one line written in Germany. Maybe I have forgotten to translate it. I will do this later and send it to you. This is a mental healing for the, for this part in your brain the screen in your brain um, where everything of seeing is that we can are able to heal a trauma without uh, the need to watch at it, without the need to be sad again or something. And then you get the initiation into the symbol for the meditation of loving eyes. So there is a bodhisattva and this bodhisattva is called the bodhisattva with 11 heads and 11 faces, and this means uh, if you have 11 faces, then you have 22 eyes, <laughs> and you can see everything. And this Bodhisattva is a Bodhisattva of compassion. And um, uh, this Bodhisattva um, 
is in Japan very famous for healing. Yeah? And uh, he has to do with healing of the eyes. And so you will get the initiation into the mantra and the symbol, the Siddham symbol of this Bodhisattva. And then you can use this for contemplation and for healing and the mental healing. And we can do a lot of nice things with this. This is what we do here in the iReiki seminar. And this helps you to let your Reiki skills sparkle, like your eyes will sparkle. Yeah. Okay, so far with this. Thank you.